G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, let's turn our attention to that issue which is busily dividing the nation right now. It's called The Voice. At the present time, the no vote looks like prevailing if it were held today, a referendum, 55% saying no, 45% in favour. The Prime Minister has promised to have the referendum and it's likely to be sometime October or November. So are you still on the fence? Are you leaning yes, leaning no? Well, Bill Muhlenberg has been writing about The Voice this week and highlighting a significant book that has just been released. Bill Muhlenberg, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks again. Bill, The Voice and the controversies that are now rising to the surface, you might think the things, the debates, the arguments that are going on right now are dividing the nation. No doubt there's some need for some robust debate around this. Uh, But what are your feelings about how things are going overall so far as The Voice campaign with the likelihood of a referendum a little later this year? Yeah, well, it's another certainly a hot potato topic, as you mentioned, divisive, uh, certainly polarizing. And the more people, it seems, know about what actually is entailed in not just, well, it's been a bit vague up to now, actually, what exactly the government wants to do. But the more we look at some of the background documents, the more we know about even Albanese's past and so on, the more disquiet there is, the more people, including Christians, are saying, wait a minute now, uh, this is more than just some nice platitudes, nice recognition of uh, those who had been here prior uh, but there's, yeah, some pretty radical left-wing agenda items being pushed as well, including a treaty. So, well, we know that referendums tend not to always do too well in Australia. So, as you say, at the moment, the votes seem to be going against it. And, uh, well, from what I know and what others in this book, mainly Christians, by the way, have been warning about uh, all the more reasons to proceed with caution and uh, probably start looking at more carefully the no case. Now, early on, when the Prime Minister had called a referendum to be held on The Voice, uh, lots of church leaders uh, brought their denominations on board and said, yes, we support this, a yes vote from us. Now that there has been some developing thought around it, I'm not exactly sure where those church leaders are, but now there are a significant body of Christian leaders and academics who are saying this might not necessarily be a good idea. And a lot of those have contributed to the book we're talking about today, The Spirit Behind the Voice, the religious dimension of the voice proposal. Bill, your thoughts here on the importance of a religious angle when it comes to an issue like this. 
Yeah, well, certainly it is, at the end of the day, going to have an impact on religion, on faith. It's certainly a political and social issue, and many of those angles have been beaten to death already, I suppose you could say. But this book is kind of different in that it does tackle the religious, even spiritual, even theological dimension. Sure, there's plenty of political social, even legal issues involved. In fact, one of the, well, both of the editors are uh, legal experts in WA. Uh, Augusto Zimmerman is one, in which many of your listeners would be aware of. So, uh, and as we say in the book, primarily Christians, although not exclusively, there's a Jewish rabbi, there's a one or two more secular people, but the great bulk of writers are various Christian leaders, pastors, and so on. And yeah, they're all looking at this more from the religious angle and saying, wait a minute, there are issues that Christians should be concerned uh, for a whole number of reasons. And so in my latest piece, I quote from a number of them. Again, many of your uh, listeners would know some of the names. There's people like Dave Pellow, uh, Reverend Dr. Peter Barnes, uh, Augusta, we already mentioned, Mark Powell, uh, well, Thomas Eglinton, uh, Matthew Littlefield, who've just recently been writing on related issues. So quite a few uh, pretty important names uh, from the Christian community, all expressing real big concerns about aspects, political, obviously, economic even, but certainly religious concerns that we as Christians should have about this kind of uh, proposal. Bill, there's an idea that has risen to the surface that if you create a constitutional voice of the Aboriginal people, that somehow or other there'll be a special treatment for one race within society. Uh, the idea that people should be treated equally is what our constitution seems to already do. And so this perhaps is where those concerns are arising. Is that something that you've noted as a common thread uh, as you've yeah. been following the debate? Yeah, well, certainly right. Uh, I mean, the point is uh, there is in the constitution currently full equality for all Australians. So what this do, what this would do to the Constitution and a pretty radical change is, as you say, effectively give special recognition, special rights to one group of people. Now, it doesn't matter how small, although, you know, there's a, what roughly 3% of the population is the indigenous population. And yet we already have, I think at last count, 11 elected representatives in parliament. So it's not as if there's no voice for them already in terms of political involvement, in terms of MPs and so on. Uh, they're doing quite well. So in that sense, they're overrepresented, uh, you know, with just 3% of the population. Now, sure, they all deserve, like any group, any minority, respect as individuals, dignity as persons. But the question is here, when you start getting changes to the law, especially to the Constitution, you're effectively saying we're going to give this one group of people more recognition, more voice, more uh, rights, if you will, than everybody else. And that, well, 
if your aim is to create harmony and unity, I would think that's the exact opposite way of going. You're going to create more division, more angst, more resentment. And of course, we know some of the radicals, both Aboriginal and non, who are pushing for pretty radical uh, things to come out of all this, whether, well, including a treaty, all kinds of other things. Uh, we're seeing some of this already in WA. Law was recently scuttled after a big protest from farmers who, because of this kind of voice-like uh, push, uh, well, huge demands on money were being made, even the idea that farms might be taken away in, this, in the name of recognition of original ownership. So the WA government already just in the last week has had to uh, back off but that's what many fear will happen big time nationally in every state if this thing goes through. So there's a lot of concerns, legal, economic, political, but we've even yet to discuss some of the religious and theological issues as well. Of course, the welfare of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people is at the heart of the Christian. We recognise yeah. that there has been mistreatment, uh, even dreadful atrocities that have been committed over the past almost 250 years. But the dividing of a nation by race uh, and not seeing all disadvantaged on the same disadvantaged level, whether they be one colour or another, that seems to be where one of the sticking points is and where Christians are saying, well, wait a minute, let's not create some sort of inequality for those who are disadvantaged. All those who are disadvantaged need to have some level of support from a welfare perspective. Mm. Yeah, and again, at the moment, we have a fully equal system, both in terms of welfare, government help, uh, political representation, you name it, there is equality now. What's being pushed is, if you will, a special equality. You know, some animals more equal than others, as Animal Farm talked about. Um, and again, well, we have to face the facts. When governments try to solve problems, which are often much deeper, right? Christianity looks at the heart. Racism is a real deal, but governments tend to exacerbate problems, whereas the Christian faith says we have to deal with the human heart. Simply changing constitutions at the end of the day will not solve everything that uh, affects us. So as some of the contributors in this book have pointed out, look, hundreds of millions of government, well, taxpayer dollars have already gone into helping Aboriginals. Uh, we know of the big problems up, say, Northern Territory with abuse, uh, child, wife abuse, alcoholism, drug abuse. So despite millions, multi-millions of dollars being spent, all kinds of programs, all kinds of laws being passed, all kinds of anti-discrimination legislation, we still have huge problems. So, uh, And we know there's a lot of Christians working in this community, and uh, many of them could tell their own stories of how, hey, a bureaucrat in Canberra is probably not going to do as good of a job, even with zillions of taxpayer dollars, as people who are there actually helping people on the ground. And uh, by the way, uh, this kind of leads to one point your listeners probably would be interested. Uh, I know of one fellow that all of your listeners would know all about. I think his name is Neil Johnson. I see you've got a chapter, which I did 
quote from in my uh, article. So maybe I can turn the tables, ask you a question. How did you uh, come about getting a chapter here, and what was uh, some of the points that you wanted raised in your own piece? Well, as you know, the people who are behind the book, uh, the likes of uh, Gabriel Mowens, a professor of law, and uh, Augusto Zimmerman. And Augusto, I might say, is a regular listener to the 2020 program. And, and so I was quite honoured uh, when I was asked to write a chapter with a reflection on how I saw the voice debate unfolding. And so I decided to call my chapter a peacemaker's paradigm, which was not necessarily about taking a side, but was reflective on the history of the church walking alongside the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and concerned about the relationship, how that might be beyond that day when we'll stand in the polling booth and we'll put our mark on a ballot paper and we'll cast a vote in a referendum. Now, my leaning is towards the no because of the arguments that have developed. But I know that the relationship that has already blossomed over this time between the church and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and some people will say the church has been part of some of the dreadful things of the past. Well, there haven't been many friends of the Aboriginal people over that time. But if there is a friend, it has been the church. We didn't do enough, but what we did do was a positive thing. In fact, helping to give a voice to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So I've got a contribution in there that says, as a Christian people, we hold very tight a good relationship with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. We support their voice not necessarily a constitutionalised body, but we do support their voice and we want to see the future unfold in a positive way for them. That was my contribution. It's called the Peacemaker's Paradigm. And so let me draw things together here, Bill, because there's going to be lots of conversations about the voice over the coming time. And Bill, no doubt we'll be talking about the voice some more as well. For listeners who are interested in getting a hold of a book that has a religious dimension, of The Voice proposal, that book is called The Spirit Behind The Voice. The Religious Dimension of The Voice proposal, it's edited by Gabriel Moens AM and Augusto Zimmerman. Uh, there are something like, I think, 16 or so authors who have made a contribution to that, and there are all sorts of issues, whether it's constitutional law, whether it's church leaders making their perspective and giving real insight uh, that people will not be hearing just anywhere. It will be one of those books worth having, and it's got a used-by date too, because once that referendum is gone, you won't want to know what's in the book, but certainly what's in there is very valuable for now. And you can read this latest article that Bill has been talking about. It's called The Voice, Religion and Disunity. You can find it at billmuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch one word. Bill, thanks so much for another great update today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.